Welcome back to Revelation On Demand Podcast, a podcast interested in what the Bible has to say about our lives today. Join us as we see what revelations we find today. I'm your host, J.D. Myers, and I'm joined today, as usual, by Mr. Hess. How you doing, buddy? Hey, man. It's been <laughs> it's been a crazy couple weeks, but, um, you know, I, the Lord's, as always, He's been there for me through all, all of it. So I can't say I, I, I can't complain, but... You know, as long as the Lord's there for me, I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling contempt with myself right now. Thank you for asking. Yeah, good. Good to hear. And we talked a little bit about what's going on in your life. So uh, just know we're praying for you, buddy. So in the worldly news, uh, vaccinations are coming up in America. And that's a good thing, I guess. What do you think? <laughs> I'm, uh, as, as we used to say back in Hawaii, is uh, when you, when you knew someone that was part um, Polynesian or local, and then you know, or you got all of these different uh, nationalities in you, you say you're a mixed plate. Well, I like to use that with um, with my opinion. Sometimes I'm a mixed plate about vaccinations because, on a personal level, I don't feel like it's going to be making enough of a difference for me. I, I guess. I'm just like, eh, you know, this virus isn't, it doesn't suck when you get it. Yeah. But, you know, within my age group, um, the likelihood that I'll get it and the fact that, um, you know, just it's certain things that yeah, I don't feel like it's necessary for someone like me. But at the same time, yeah. I, like I said, mixed plate, I, I feel like, you know, we should still be focusing as long as this vaccine is safe, which a lot of people are differing on, uh, on the elderly, the most susceptible, not that not, especially not. Okay. I'll, I'll just throw it out there. Especially not children because yeah. they're the least affected by this virus uh, other than the fact that, um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it in here in a second. What's your yeah. next, what's your next, uh, um, what, What's your opinion on the vaccinations, brother? Uh, I think, uh, actually, it's interesting you mentioned the kids, because most of the vaccines, I believe, have a age restriction of, like, 21 or something. So, uh, especially since they're something called an mRNA vaccine, which uses uh, what's half of our DNA, but it's half of the DNA of the virus. Because right, most viruses have, yeah, most, most viruses have RNA instead of DNA because they're so small. So it's basically they, they take instead of like a virus or something, they take the RNA and they put it into your system so that your body can figure out how to handle it best. So, uh, but I've seen a lot of age restrictions. Like you have to be done growing basically to get these vaccines. So uh, as for the elderly getting it, it sounds like they have had the least amount of issues with it and, they have had, they reap the most benefit because this virus is like killing the elderly. So as far as old people getting it, I think it's a great thing for them. Uh, personally, like you said, we're in the age group where we don't, we're not at really high risk from dying from it. And I mean, we have some pre-existing conditions, but nothing that should make our lives too miserable. So I'm kind of with you. I'm not, not looking forward to getting it anytime soon. I'll wait. Until, you know, it's basically offered to me, like, right then and there, and hopefully in a single-shot variant that doesn't have the issues of the current single-shot variants with the blood clots. Um, right. We were but as far as this whole thing goes, 
yeah. But as far as this whole thing goes, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of done with the not being able to see people's faces and and walking around with a mask. Because like I was telling you before the episode starts, whenever I wear a mask, it blows the air right into my eyeballs, and I have pretty sensitive eyes. And after about you know ten twenty minutes of walking around with a mask on, I'm like red eyed and very irritable at that point. So. I yeah, feel like I did. One of the first things if, I found out about you was that you had very sensitive eyes. Yeah. Well, that's why I wouldn't make a very good stoner. So, <laughs> whatever that means, folks, whatever uh, that means. We know what that means. I live in Colorado. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's fair. I wouldn't know what it means. I'm out here in Missouri. <laughs> yeah, no, it might mean something totally different out there, huh? Then, yeah, anyways, I, mean, I think. I live next to a river, I think. Yeah. <laughs> In a van? In a van down by the river. Okay. So (laughs) you yourself are choosing not to wear a mask in public. Yeah. Yeah. It's just my risk is so low for, you know, having it. And I just, I can't take it anymore. I want to see people's faces. And I've noticed that uh, whenever I see someone without a mask, it inspires me to just not put the dang thing on. So... I might as well be that inspiration to someone else, you know, and I want to be able to smile at people and they see it. I, I don't want them to, I, I just, the, my biggest issue with the mass thing at this point is that the CDC has confirmed that, um, the virus is absolutely aerosol. So it's not about contact or anything like that. So these cloth masks we're wearing are doing nothing but putting our breath into our eyeballs. Like, if it's an airborne disease, you need a sealed respirator to avoid it. So there's just nothing you can do with a mask. I think it's pointless at this point. And with everyone with, you know, they said, I heard it was well over a million people have gotten vaccinated. Now that number starts coming up. There's, you know, herd immunity. So I just think the risks are, low enough for my age group in particular that we can start, you know, going back to normal life. Yeah, we agree on that. And and Lord knows that it's better than uh, certain political figures saying we need to actually start wearing two masks. And actually um, I had someone that had to go on an airplane that I know and they had, they told me their airlines and certain airlines, depending on what States you're traveling to, I, I, I think it's national. You have to wear two masks. Who wow. came up with that one? I know who came up with it. We're not mentioning. We're <laughs> yeah. not mentioning his name. Oh, I said him on this program. <laughs> but yes, yeah. No. And as far as if someone, even if it's an employee of an establishment, comes up to me and asks me to put a mask on, I'm not going to be you know obnoxious about it. I'll put a mask on. But as far as I'm not going to take the signs at the doors as a request anymore you know i'm gonna make them interact with me her brave soul i'm i'm way too skittish for that i'd be like you know what i got asthma i got sleep apnea but i i I gotta wear it i don't want anyone i don't want Mm. anyone talking to me Mm. no well (laughs) i think i think we talked enough about this so shall we get on to our recap of last episode yes yes sir So we finished the book of Revelation last time. 
which was wonderful. We actually completed something, all 22 chapters. I had to think there for a minute because we, we skipped one, one episode and did a Christmas episode. So that's why we're at episode 24 instead of 23. Yes, How do you feel about the whole Revelation series? Um, okay, so pros, all all pros, all praises. You know, <laughs> this is the Bible we're talking about. Are the fact that it was very informative. We got to see multiple perspectives. We got to see multiple editions of how the timeline and continuity went. Even though it, it was all it was all relative, you know, um, and there was a lot of cool stuff in there. You know. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it was a lot of people are like, well, Revelation kind of sounds too fantasy for me. I'm like, no, it's it's very direct, straightforward. If you've been reading the Bible the entire time or you want to isolate it as a book individually, it's very much so worth the read, listening to, and at least taking into perspective no matter where you are at in the aisle. Uh, yeah. That being said, the only con is that it was only 22 chapters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and we also didn't go as in-depth as, you know, anyone possibly could. So we left a lot on the table there for, you know, passes later on or just whenever we come to references from other books, we can definitely dig back into some more of the meat that we left there on the bone. So we very I, I much just, we established some very good ground. I'm not arguing yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I got you. Um, I think from, you know, with you being recently saved within the past few years and mm. with me, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, whatever you want to say. <laughs> no. Um, I, I think we covered definitely some good ground on that. And a lot mm. of this, you know, just some people don't, care to listen to the full uh the full ride scholarship <laughs> yeah. on every little detail word for word on revelation mm-hmm. i think we can yeah. test it just fine yeah no and and that's kind of our goal we're not we're not here to have a scholarly discussion on every verse of of scripture we're here to kind of give a a step up from layman's overview of scripture you know we're 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 hoping to help people get just that much more into the bible so exactly i think we hit hit the mark well on that so uh, as far as what actually happened in the chapter we've seen you know the final recreation uh completely restored then john met an angel which you know kind of fulfilled or gave him the authority over his you know visions here and uh, he made a mistake and worshiped the angel, which, you know, gave us a chance to kind of talk about, you know, false worship. And then we were invited at the very end to trust in Christ or be warned what the consequences are. So in case there wasn't enough fair warning yet. Yeah, uh, right. You know. <laughs> and, you know, you just need something that's going to motivate you one of these days to really be part of this great team part of, part of the um part of the right side the um, righteous team the righteous team team righteous go um <laughs> we're we're nerds i'm sorry uh maybe not uh, they definitely check out the very end of the last chapter of revelation very simple mm-hmm. you can find it on the last few pages of the bible 
and uh, it can tell you just what exactly you might need to know about it before you start it, if you wanted to ever try that out. Um, mm. Very, very Im- I- indicative. In- it's a good indicative? indicator. Indicative, yes. It- it's a good indicator as to what you might want to know. Mm-hmm. Well, so... Let me go ahead and introduce what we're doing now. We're going to be going over what's known as the Olivet Discourses, which are several chapters from the Gospel spread out through the main four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these these chapters focus on a time when Jesus travels out to the Mount of Olives just beyond Jerusalem and has a discussion with his followers and his disciples on what to expect in the end times. So very much we are still in that, you know, end times mode. We are going over chapters here. They're talking about what Jesus himself said about the end times. So we are in Matthew 24 today. So oh, if very you'd be good, so sir. kind. Very good, sir. I was I was a little concerned because I see all the scripture here, and I was like, okay, I want to introduce which book this is. <laughs> We're very good at planning ahead. And <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> okay, why don't we do this? All right, this section of Matthew 24. Uh is gonna be the first section that we're gonna cover. We we sort of break up the 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 book or the excuse me, the chapter into separate sections and this section is called the destruction of the temple and signs of the end times matthew 24 verse 1 jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings do you see all these things he asked truly i tell you not one stone here will be left on another everyone will be thrown down As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, what will happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be prosecuted, or excuse me, persecuted, and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and the end 
Wocom. All righty. So that's the end of our first section. So right there at the beginning, we see that they aren't quite at the Mount of Olives. They are standing right outside the temple in Jerusalem. And his, you know, his disciples are like, Hey Jesus, isn't this building wonderful? And he's like, yeah, I tell you right now that not one stone, you know, one pebble of this building will remain. Uh, so that's him, you know, pretty much saying, this temple is bound for destruction. It's his, his, his um, prophecy of the destruction of the temple. And so on the Mount of Olives is this, this hill. It's not really a mountain, especially if you're from Colorado where you see big mountains. Uh, it's not a mountain. It's a hill. But this hill sits right outside of Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem, and it gives you a wonderful view of most of Jerusalem, but the Temple Mount especially. So you would be able to see the temple that Jesus is here to, you know, correct. He's here to uh, prophesy its destruction. And now, I got here. a question for you. In modern yeah. times, is that also the same hill, mountain? Yeah, yeah. So no, you can, you can literally see the trifecta of the yeah. um, the three districts. Yes, the... yes, you can. If you go to modern Israel and you you take a tour, you can go to the Mount of Olives today. In fact, there's plenty of people who said they've gone there to. You can also go to Golgotha uh, to see where the crucifixion had happened. But yeah, you can still go there today, and I'm sure there's plenty of like signs and tourist stuff there for you to read and whatnot on you know deeper information on this. Yes, I would like for someone to correct me, but if I am right, that might be the same destination where you can see uh, the Temple of Judaism, uh, the Christian district. So basically in, uh, in Israel, uh, I'll wrap it up, um, and more specifically in this area of Jerusalem. Uh, in modern Israel, they have the Christian district, the Judaism district, and the Islam district. And yeah. all of them have their own uh, temples, effigies, so on and so forth, that have arisen over the many of years. And you can yeah. spot them from this specific site. Yeah, and you can also see the the original Temple Mount, which would be where the Great Temple was. It has the Dome of the Rock right now, and that's a Muslim mosque. Oh, right, yes. So. The, the Muslims are the only ones with the temple on the Temple Mount, and it doesn't even use up the entire uh, Mount Foundation, I don't think. I think it's like half of it or something like that. But So yeah, if you were to go to the Mount of Olives right now, you would see the Dome of the Rock with its, its uh, golden dome shining over Jerusalem. But yeah, you're right. You can see three distinct districts in the city. Uh, so the disciples had thought that the end of the world would come now because they were more concerned with the first coming. And if you've heard this somewhere before, uh, they actually thought that Jesus was coming as, you know, this, this warrior King to basically do what we read about at the very end of relation uh, revelations. But they thought it was during the first coming. Whereas, as we know, he's here to, you know, offer himself a sacrifice so that he can create a new covenant and make it so that we can have a relationship with God. 
So right here, Jesus is like, uh, you'll know the signs, but wars, earthquakes, civil unrest, chaos, turmoil, you know, these are not the signs of the end. So, you know, world wars, earthquakes, storms, stuff like that, just normal run-of-the-mill chaos that happens every day, even if it's happening, you know, more often or not, this is not the prediction of the end times. These are not any of the signs that are, yes, you're in the end times now. So whenever you hear people saying it's the war to end all wars and stuff like that, they're, they're referencing the, uh, the war of Armageddon that we read about. But any human war is going to be tragic. It's just not going to be world ending in this case. And it's also not a sign of the end. So... And then Jesus right here at the end predicts that the disciples will have, they will face persecution and terrible deaths, which as we know, I think all but one of, well, other than Jude, he hangs himself, but all but one of the main disciples have these gruesome, you know, just torturous deaths at the hands of people who just want them to renounce their religion, their belief. And then he also warns here that we should not be deceived. There's going to be plenty of people coming up who say they're messiahs and they just won't be, they'll be false prophets and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. any questions? I, that's um, with the, with the persecution of terrible deaths. That's where something that we brought up in a previous episode uh, was John of Patmos is speculated to either be his own man or in fact john the disciple mm -hmm. cast out of rome to the island of patmos yeah and that's or somewhere in italy uh, uh -huh. cast out to patmos and that's interesting you know just hearing about that because we uh, i think it the as the theory goes or as it's been explained to me there might be um contextual references to this is that John the disciple was tortured and they tried boiling him alive all this stuff and he wouldn't die so they exiled him or we yeah. could also know John of Patmos to be his own man so yeah. there is that speculation yeah we discussed that way back in episode one <laughs> we were going over his introduction to Revelation <laughs> so if you want more like, information on John of Patmos guy? <laughs> If you yes. want more information on John Patmos, go back to episode one if you haven't listened to it already. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shall we continue on at verse 15? Absolutely. Um, oh, I, I was just going over this. So it looks like <laughs> the rest of this book is all named under one section, which is great. Or, uh, uh, there is other um, – those, those uh, I uh, heard the name for those, those titles. Yeah, there is several. But – I don't always break off at those, but those are the the titles that translators come up with. So they're not necessarily in the text to begin with. So. Correct. Yes, I I like some of them. So yes. uh, I'm not gonna lie. If you if you want a study Bible, definitely pick up a study Bible because it'll mm -hmm. um, it'll tell you all the different sections and give you mm -hmm. a breakdown of all the important information that you know might not be as understandable to the naked eye as you would think. Alrighty, we're going to start back up with verse 15. 
So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from beginning, from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you, there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or, here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of a Man. Uh, Son of Man, excuse me. I'll reread that. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there is vultures, and they will gather. So right there, starting off that section, I broke it off just so that we could take a minute to talk about the abomination of desolation, which is the actual sign of the end times. So this is a a really big thing that we could take uh, an entire episode to go over and just talk about. But so we will get into the references of Daniel, which Jesus mentions there in our Daniel series, which is the next series to come, just, you know. Hint, hint, to nudge, nudge. Uh, but anyways, it's talking about a continual burnt offering being removed and the idol of abomination shall be put in its place. And as I said, we'll get into these references as we get into Daniel. I didn't write any of them down today because we have so much to cover. But this abomination is a idol to a god or possibly like the Antichrist or whatever the Antichrist worships that's going to be placed in the holy place, which I guess in their time would be talking about the place of the temple. So I think it's probably going to be a little more, a little more, uh, not so literal than that. I think it's going to be more figurative, but at some point there's going to be an obsession, which I mean, a lot of cultures already do this, but I mean, there's going to be a global obsession over some idol. And I think that will be the sign of the end times. Interesting. Very interesting. I was going to say the only, a, a place I could think of was like, maybe, and I don't want to say this, but like, maybe like somewhere crazy, like even the Vatican, if you really thought <laughs> about it. Um, but I mean, that's, that, that might make me sound crazy. Forget I said yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. It's just I, like, you see societies rise up over time and they put something at the core of their society. I mean, oh yeah, even America, you could say that freedom is their idol. Like they, they put freedom above all else. And I mean, 
nowadays it's hard to see that anymore, but like you see these societies, they put some core something at the middle of their, of their, their nation of their group of people. And they practically worship that. So like I, I said, using American like on a national level. Yeah. It, well, it's going to be a global level. It'll be something like I uh, could be the good of all mankind for all I know. Like, I, I don't know. We don't see anything right now that has the potential to do that. And more than likely, it's going to be something that looks good on, you know, to the passerby. So interesting yeah and but yes that will just immediately entice them and unless you have which we did cover in uh <clears throat> we, we covered in revelation mm-hmm. is uh a lot of the temptations uh if you're a sinner the if you if you're inspired by you know getting the mark of the beast and all that you have to have this fair warning or you know you have to be at in the least saved or you know have that connection yeah. with jesus to really just understand immediately that ain't good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the abomination of desolation is the mark of the end times. So, as for what that is, I think we're going to know it when we see it. It's not going to be one of those things that we can, you know, guess. So, as, as says, much as we could try. <laughs> yeah, right. We, we could sit here all day and speculate on what it is, <laughs> but it would be nothing healthy. So, anyways. <laughs> theorists speculative theorists anyways he says uh to flee the mountains at this time is a reference to zechariah again i didn't write down the reference here i should have but anyways um it's talking about when this happens to flee it so basically when we recognize what this abomination is we shall we should just get away from it because it's just going to cause a lot of issues in that area and then this is not a passage that you should be reminding preg- currently pregnant women of. Uh, this is a little personal. Someone said this because they, they were talking at a church meeting about, you know, that this could be the end times. And someone mentioned this, this passage right here to my wife and it totally unnerved her for three days. So please do not be, this is a PSA. Do not bring this to pregnant women like don't remind them that if this is the end days that it's going to suck especially for them they're going through enough you know be be kind of their their special condition that they have for a temporary time you know (laughs) just this this is my psa (laughs) you consider it be kind yes all all the good stuff you know are you pregnant right now do you have to deal with that no and yeah. with so much in the bible too is there's scary things in here and it has mm-hmm. to be presented in the absolute best way are we going to talk about desolation eternal uh, are we going to be talking about eternal damnation to mm-hmm. i don't know you know a seven-year-old probably not yeah so and then Traveling in winter or Sabbath, uh, at this time, when when Jesus was talking, a lot of the communities around would, would be, you know, they don't work during the Sabbath. So if you were trying to run away during that time, it'd be difficult to get people to help you. It's kind of like if you, in some places on in America, on Sundays, you have trouble, you know, going to the stores or getting certain you know, services done because a lot of people still don't work on Sundays. So 
it's kind of that sort of idea where if you're running away, people are going to be taking time off on the Sabbath. So it'd be hard to get the help you need, especially if you're just kind of fleeing. So, yeah. Okay. That the only thing that brings up with me is since, you know, the both of you and I are nerds uh (laughs) is, uh, okay. And, that this is this is between us guys is the doomsday situation and the survivalist stuff does sound kind of fun <laughs> yeah i think as men we're we're the only ones who think that's fun i mean for the longest time i was like zombie apocalypse hell yeah sign me up <laughs> you know <laughs> oh, but Lord. i think that's just the man the man thing <laughs> i could be wrong but Anyways, it's hard to make these events fit 70 AD. There's some things that echo it, but as we see with prophecy, there's often, you know, uh, partial fulfillments and like cyclical fulfillments of prophecy. But then there's also the final true fulfillment. So uh, the events of 70 AD, for anyone who's wondering, is a lot of people think that Jesus was directly talking about the end times happening when the temple was destroyed. And I think he was in part talking about that, but I think he was also talking about the true end times, which would fulfill all of his prophecy. (coughs) Excuse me. So due to the chosen being present in the days of tribulation, it'll be cut short. So, He's talking there about how the tribulations will be so terrible that if God would not intervene, it would just wipe out all of humanity. Full stop. All, all, all the all, all the remaining humanity, right? Yes. So, uh, because yes. at that time, anyone who's been saved is out of there. So yeah, yeah, you're good. Uh, though the uh, debatably. Irredeemable and redeemable would just be gone, yeah. and you know they wouldn't. You know the the redeemable, if you want to say that, yeah. in that in that in that chance wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to obtain that. Yeah, because as we've seen, there's a pause between you know the tribulation and when the total damnation, the final judgment was. There was there was clearly a, a pause, a break, and some people think that's the millennium. Um, I'm not quite sure where I stand on that personally, but yeah, so the tribulations cut short just so that the believers can be, you know, fully collected and not just wipe everything out on earth. Um, uh, so there will be no doubt when Christ comes again, again, this is just in reference to that you don't believe the false prophets you'll know it when you see it sort of thing and then he talks very end the vultures are a sign of a corpse and i see this some people see this as there's going to be like vultures i it could be more uh, symbolic instead of like actual vultures but he's very much talking about that that those those creatures, whatever they are, will be signals of the end times because they're gathering for that bloody feast that we talked about there in the end chapters of Revelation. That's another thing we talked about in one of the early episodes was um, the symbolic, the literal, mm-hmm. the spiritual, and the interpretive. 
of the Bible. <laughs> so does this literally mean, okay, so if you see a carcass, look out for them vultures because that is the very specific thing you should be looking for. Does that, I mean, at that point, that's my guarantee. You know, you see an actual mm-hmm. vulture. I'm surrounded by turkey vultures out here. And oh. so you see that actual vulture is there, but I, I, you know, symbolic, I would agree symbolic on this one. Wherever yeah, there's think... a carcass there, the vultures will gather could mean like that's an immediate threat. You know? Yeah, I I think it's probably very much like, uh, you know how people kind of describe people as as animals sometimes. I think this might be a direct uh, thing like that, where he's saying, you'll see the vultures, you'll see the scavengers, you'll see the people who are there to profit from misery. And I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. All right, bro. So 29. Yes, sir. Matthew 29. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming out on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender, and it leaves, its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near. Right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Amen. Anyways, so the stars here, uh, often in the Bible, since we're talking about a very uh, spiritual people who are writing and reading this normally, Stars are referenced often to uh, spiritual beings, not so much the balls of burning gas that we think of them as today, but back in those times they thought the stars were heavenly beings, so that's most likely what he's referencing there. Of course, Jesus would know better, but he's using the colloquial you know, terms of the time so that they understand. Um, of course. So this could be the, the stars that uh, fall from the sky could be a reference back to the third of angels that fall with Satan. So again, I think I've mentioned this before where it's, I don't, uh, Satan hasn't fallen yet. And of course Jesus is alive at this point. So, uh, Jesus hasn't, or ah, Satan hasn't fallen yet at the time Jesus is speaking this. So, uh, I, I'm one of the ones who believe that Satan was still, uh, active in in the realm of heaven, quote unquote, until Jesus died on the cross and Satan realized that uh, he failed. So I yes. think that personally, I think that's when when Satan was cast from heaven. Uh, so Jesus is quoting the Septuagint, 
when he talks about the, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give us light, the stars will fall from the sky, which is a Greek translation of the Old Testament. So this would have this is a very specific quote that he's bringing out in Greek. And whoever wrote this, which is most likely Matthew, wrote this out in Greek in like word for word quotes from the Greek translations of the Old Testament, which would would have been the first translation, some of the first translations of the Old Testament from Hebrew. So he's right. not yes. quoting because the original Matthew scripture. was a scribe. Matthew yes. was a scribe for the um, for the Romans as well. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. So he's talking about the Son of Man, and of course, which is he's talking about himself. Uh, this is one of the, the the many times where Jesus refers to himself as God, which would make a lot of what he says very blasphemous if it wasn't true. And then he talks about the tribes will mourn, which I actually pulled some of these references. So the tribes will mourn goes back to Zechariah 12, 10 through 14. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the Abed inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplication, and they shall look on to me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one is in bitterness for his firstborn. Oh, gosh, excuse me. Firstborn. In that day shall there be great mourning in Jerusalem as a mourning of Hadrimon or Hadrimon, Hadrimon, in the valley of Migdon, Megidian, Megadon. I should have really yes. looked these up before I. <laughs> and the land shall mourn, every family apart, the family of the house of David apart, and their wives apart, the family of the house of Nathan apart, and their wives apart. The wife, uh, the family of the house of Levi apart, and their wives apart, the family of the Shemites apart, and their wives apart. And all the families that remain, every family apart and their wives apart. So he's talking about, you know, Jerusalem mourning from the the crucifixion right there. Uh, Zechariah is very clearly talking about, you know, they shall look on him who have, they have pierced. Where he's talking about where Jesus gets stabbed in the side to make sure he's dead. And then they shall mourn, which is the, there was, there was great mourning on that day. So, and then the son of man on the clouds comes directly from Daniel seven verses 13 through 14. I saw night visions and behold, there came the clouds of heaven, one like unto a son of man. And he came even to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that shall that all the people's nations' languages should serve him. His dominion is the everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. So right there, there's a, there's a little bit of uh, Trinitarian uh, proof there, where you have the Son of Man before the Ancient of Days, so they are clearly two persons, even if they are the same God. So... He's just referring to how the Son of Man is also God in this in this case, where he's given all the <laughs> dominion of God yes. when he comes back into the throne room. So the, the trifecta of the trinity, the, the, the trinity in, in a in a quick breakdown to make it most comprehensible, and 
that is that God right. is the father of all mankind, the father of the universe. Right. He created everything. The son, Jesus, right. as we refer to him, of course, Messiah, right. uh, Jesus Christ, who is his physical incarnation. I know that's a scary word. Incarnation right. onto this world with, of course, everything bestowed to him being part of God. At the same time, it is of equal power, just not fully transcended. And then you get the third side of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives through all of us and Mm -hmm. is an everlasting being in a way. uh, Something that exists strictly through your soul. And, of course, you have to accept it. It, um, uh, I could just speak from experience. The Holy Spirit can definitely give you a head rush like you've never experienced Mm -hmm. before. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the Holy Spirit, that third part of the Trinity, is something that was sent down to followers of Christ after he ascended. And he talks about this in several places where he says, I, the spirit of the Holy spirit will be, you know, given to you so that you can carry it out throughout the world. So that Holy spirit is what every believer has that gives us that direct connection. That's why, you know, we become the temple. That's why we can have private conversations with God and not even have to say a word. So, that third, that third part of the Trinity is, is very impressive. So then he's talking about sending out his angels, which is a direct reference to an earlier chapter in the same book, Matthew 13 verses 41 for 43. The son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out his kingdom, all things that cause stumbling and them that do iniquity and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth and then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun from the in the kingdom of their father. He that hath ears, let him hear. And right there is that is that he who hath ears, let him hear. That calling card that I I pointed out several times in the first few episodes of our uh, our podcast. And it's kind of funny that we're reaching a year, and here we are coming back to that very that very uh, line. I feel like that's probably going to one of those lines. So he had the ears, let him hear is going to be one of those lines that I bring up in our next episode. Yeah. Have the ears, let him hear Chris and JD try to really figure this out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Stumble around and and try and figure all this out. (laughs) So we hear at the very end here that he says this generation will not pass. So there's several views on this. You can take the view where he's talking about this generation as in the people who are following him right now shall not pass before the temple's destroyed. And you know, this whole, and he is, you know, crucified and the spirit comes down and all that. Like you could view it that way, or you could view it as the generation being the age of man instead of the just like as we think of generations today where it's like a group of people you know millennials boomers whatever you know so if if you take the view that it is like a certain group of people especially the ones he's talking to then he must be referring to just the destruction of the temple and that first you know cataclysmic shift where 
Jesus is died and crucified and gives us this connection. And then that boom, that 70 AD is where Christianity just explodes across the world. So uh, you can take it that way. Or I prefer to think of, he's talking about the generation as the age of man, not necessarily, you know, the people who he's talking to at that point. So, and then heaven and earth are finite and God is infinite. I think that's, I don't know if that was necessarily in this section. If he said, that, oh yeah, the heavens and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That was my favorite uh, part of reading that. Yes. Yeah, so it's very much about, you know, as we've seen at the end of revelation, it's kind of interesting to have just been finishing that and, and coming to this section, you know, um, anyways, uh, would you be so kind of curious on in the 36 if there's nothing else to add? All righty, sir. Yes. Book of Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. This is our last section. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came. And took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man, the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant who masters who mas, whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put himself in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour, he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. So that finishes out the scripture for the first the first uh, chapter in our Olivet Discourses. So he references there at the beginning, uh, Noah and the Flood coming soon, but there was no clear time given. So if you go think back to the Noah story, 
you very much get the sense of Noah knows there's a flood coming. He just doesn't know exactly when. So he's, he's very busily trying to get, you know, follow God and do what God had told him to do. So very much in the same way, we need to take Noah's example and just do as God tells us what to do and not be worried about when the end times come necessarily. We just need to carry out the work we're sent to do. And then uh, one taken, one left. This is a reference to the rapture, which we went over. Oh, that was a few episodes ago, quite a few episodes ago, somewhere in the middle of our, our revelation series where some of the believers will be taken up and most of the believers before the time of tribulation will be taken up as we, you know, kind of discovered. So when he's talking there, he's specifically mentioning the one left one taken will be the rapture. And then this is the final parable, the one about the, the servants in the household of their master. This is the, the last parable in this chapter, and it reminds us that we need to be vigilant of Jesus' return, where it's like, since we don't know the t- day or time, and it's been, you know, over 2,000 years, or not quite over 2,000 years since Jesus was died and resurrected, so we can get kind of thinking, ah, oh, well, it hasn't happened yet, so it's probably not going to happen in my lifetime, so we get kind of complacent, and we can get, you know... We, we start to take it easy and and maybe not treating each other as good as we should because, you know, we, we kind of lose that end is nigh mentality. Yeah. Uh, it's a famous song that says, live like you're dying. Uh, sort of Surprise. Thing. Where were you? <laughs> what? Do you know what time of day it is? Excuse me, time of night? Yeah. And and that's the big thing is that Jesus will be returning and it'll be, you know, a surprise. In fact, it's kind of funny. I, I just learned, I, I made like a joke uh, prophecy that the end times will be 2060. And uh, I just learned that that math was possibly done off of bad translations. So even I don't know it if my joke prophecy is already blown up in my face. So. <laughs> It's kind of funny. Are you going to make it that long, old man? Uh, I'll be in my 70s at that point. You will too, because you're only a year younger than me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's just kind of funny that I thought I mentioned that, that my prophecy blew up in my face already, and I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't even holding on to that one. I was just making that one as a joke. And But we need to be, you know, vigilant, because at any point, the master can return to the house. And if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing for our master, he's not going to be happy, you know? <clears throat> oh, yeah, excuse me. In the way. Uh, and then of course the consequences for falling asleep shall be weeping and gnashing and teeth, which we seen that spoken of earlier in this chapter. And so it's just all, all, all said and done is that we need to do what God has told us to do and yes. just stay vigilant to when he returns because he will return when we least expect it. So and pretty much to say too, just last thing I'll add JD is um, th- this, this parable, if, 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 I, if I was even able to communicate it properly, uh, it's not saying that 
God is going to cut you to pieces and assign you a place with the hypocrites. <laughs> it's more like, imagine this. Like, just take this from yeah. a human perspective that Jesus is saying. And, yeah. like, you know, if you were this kind of servant, to me or to anyone, would you expect any more than that? Yeah, no. And and what Jesus, what God will do when he comes back is even worse than, you know, just putting you with the hypocrites where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You'll be put in hell to, you know, dwell on your mistake for all of eternity <laughs> and, and be tortured for it. So, you uh. know, one of those things. Anything else to add, bud? Uh, no, sir. I am signing out. Thank you so much for listening today. Last thing I'll say is, uh, as I typically try to communicate at this part of the episode, is if you feel like you need a support system, uh, something to read, someone to reach out to, whatever the case may be, uh, definitely, if you feel like picking up a Bible, looking into church programs, uh praying communicating with god or jesus uh, there's always if there's a will there's a way and there's always that will and there will always be that way that is eternal so uh just keep in mind that um you know we're not perfect people either and we had to go through our own trials and tribulations so to speak uh to get to the place we are today but i promise you mm-hmm. there is a light at the end of the tunnel no matter who you are it's just reaching out taking that step and mm-hmm. it's always going to be worth it. So we kind of skipped my takeaway for today, but I'm going to go ahead and put that here. So stay faithful, Christian soldiers. There will always be worse enemies lying in wait to try and make you stumble. We are in the spiritual battle, and we need to stand fast against the forces of Satan that constantly try and push and pry us from our faith in God. So uh, thank you for hanging on to one of our longest episodes. Uh, This is a record breaker. We're hitting right about 58 minutes now. Uh, Again, like he said, if you want to reach out to us, please feel free to. I've changed my name on Facebook to Justin D. Myers. I decided that I need to start going by my given name instead of my nickname. So uh, thank you for listening to Revelation On Demand podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you catch podcasts from. Please, if you like what we're doing, share this with a friend, family member, or someone from your church. This is a completely private venture, and we receive no funding from any sources. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to contact us at revelationondemand at gmail.com. God bless, and see you next time. Mm